It's good to be born from above, isn't it? I promise you, I promise you, I didn't change my message when I heard Preacher Scott preaching. I didn't fumble through my Bible trying to find something. When I announced my text, you'll know why I'm saying this. I tried my best to preach this Monday night and the Holy Ghost wouldn't let me do it. Take your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter number 22. It's been an honor to be here these days, Brother David. Thank you, dear brother. Thank you, Pastor Moneyham, for the preaching last night and tonight. You pray for us. Got camp meetings. I agree with the dear brother. We need more camp meetings. We need this atmosphere. Now, some of them need to shut down because they ain't right. We need some of them to just keep on plugging on, Brother David. September the 16th, you mark it in your calendar, Mount Carmel Baptist Camp Meeting. We'll have our eighth annual camp meeting. You come be with us. We've got too many preachers to name all of them. I'm going to start putting on the poster preaching everybody. (laughs) Somebody say amen right there. And I'll be brief tonight. You say amen, I'll do the preaching. If I got to do the preaching and the amen, we're going to be here all night long. Thank you. I got, I, one of one of you's got it. All right, amen. Thank you again for all the hospitality, the privilege to be here. Genesis chapter number 22, verse number one. The Bible said, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham, said unto him, Abraham. And he said, behold, here I am. He said, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him. And Isaac, his son, and claimed the wood for a burnt offering, rose up and went unto the place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Verse five will be our text tonight. The Bible said, and Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with the ass. And I agree with our dear brother tonight. I'm not going to stay with the asses. I'm going to the top of the mountain to worship God. And the Bible says, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again to you. Father, help me help these people tonight. Pray that you'd help me to be able to deliver the burden of my heart. Thank you for the good week we've had. Thank you for the good singing we've heard tonight. Lord, I'm glad there's a miracle in the making for us. Lord, I'm glad I can say I'm not going to hell. Lord, I'm glad, uh, thank God, that I decided to go with God. Uh, Father, I pray you bless us and breathe on us just for a few moments. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Thank you. You can be seated this afternoon. I'm interested in that phrase where the Bible said, I am the lad. We'll go yonder and go yonder and worship and come again to you. There's several different titles we could use tonight. I could preach on worshiping God with your children. Nothing more precious than to be able to worship God with your own children. Somebody say amen right there. I love it when me and my family get to get my glory together and we praise together and shout together and worship God together. But I guess if I'm gonna choose a title tonight, I'd have to preach on worshiping God at Calvary. Genesis chapter number 22 is the Calvary chapter of the book of Genesis. Man, this chapter is impregnated 
with so many truths. It'd take a month to skim the surface. But tonight, I want to talk about this business of worshiping God. And I ask you today, are we really worshiping God tonight? I see a lot of shouting and I'm for it. I see a lot of praising and I'm for it. I see a lot sometimes. I ain't seeing a lot tonight, but uh, I see a lot of it in different places. <laughs> Amen. And a lot of what I'm seeing, uh, I don't know if we could classify it as real, true, genuine worship. The Bible said, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him spirit and truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. And God is on the lookout for people that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And we could talk about the definition of worship. Right every reference in the Bible about about worship, but tonight you know the story of Genesis 22. Let's study this chapter and find out, and let's bring our own worship life into inventory, into check, and let's ask God to open our hearts, and let's find out, are we really worshiping God? Worship involves several different things. I believe worship will go further than a shout. Worship will go further than praise. Worship will go further than rejoicing. It's a whole lot deeper than that, a whole lot higher than that. It's a whole lot holier than that. Worship, number one tonight, involves open things. (laughs) Where do you see that, Brother John? Well, Abraham had an open heart for God. Abraham not only had an open heart, but obviously his home was open. God said to Abraham, take now thy son, thy only son. God reached right through the heart of Abraham and went to his home and said, take now thy son, thy only son, whom thou lovest. And so Abraham is open up to God. Matter of fact, in this, in this chapter, God speaks and we learn four wonderful truths about when you have an open heart to God. First of all, we find that God is the great attention getter. He called Abraham's name. Abraham was so in touch with God, he didn't have to call it twice. He didn't have to call it three times. God didn't have to set his fields on fire. He didn't have to send a storm. He didn't have to speak with a voice of many waters. He didn't thunder from Sinai. He just simply said Abraham, and Abraham was so in tune that Abraham said, Behold, here I am. I wonder how many times God had to call our name tonight for us to say, yes, Lord. I wonder if it'd be John, 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 John. Hey, I'm trying to talk. But no, you know what God is? He's the great attention getter. You know what Abraham did? He said, behold, here I am. Amen. This not only is the Calvary chapter, but this is a Romans chapter number 12, verses one and two chapter of the Old Testament. Abraham said, behold, here I am. And you know what he's doing? He's presenting his body to God. He's not just presenting his body. He's presenting his whole being. I mean, from the top of his head, the bottom of his feet. He's giving his family to God. He's given his body to God. There was a presentation of Abraham to God when God spoke and God got his attention. Don't you like it when God speaks to you? Don't you like it when it calls your name? Sometimes it's just one word, what you need to hear to get you help and to get you over top of the hill. And that one word may just be your name. 
<laughs> what are you going to do with Mary Magdalene in the garden over there waiting on wondering where they'd done with the Lord <laughs> Jesus comes up behind her she's supposing him to be the gardener and he said woman why weepest thou and she didn't pick up on it but when he said Mary he, she said within herself I've heard that said before I've heard that tone of voice before I know who that is that's my savior and my master and I thank God when I get to heaven they won't nobody have to introduce me to Jesus I already know what it sounds like I already knows what it feels like over the cup that one word that was spoken was her name and God is called Abraham by name he's the great attention getter I'm talking about people that are open now. He's the great direction giver. He said, take now thy son, thy only son, get thee into the land of which I'll tell thee of. He's giving him direction. I tell you, real worship always comes with direction. I mean, God has directed him to go to, I mean, Abraham couldn't have come up with this. Abraham would have never devised a plan like God's God. Abraham would have never woke up one morning and said, hey, I'm gonna take my boy up on a mountain and I'm gonna walk three days and I'm gonna offer him a sacrifice. No, that plan had to come from God. It's not just the plan, but the place. I'm talking about, he said, go to Moriah. That's the place of all places. Moriah means the world to those of us that know what Moriah is. Moriah is where the Lord died. Moriah is where Calvary was. And you know what God told Abraham to do? He's telling him, in essence, take my, take your son and take him to Calvary. Take him to Golgotha. Take him to the place of the skull and take him there and offer him a burnt sacrifice. That place. He's the great direction giver. I hear people a lot. They say, boy, we got in the glory. I say, you did? What God tell you why you was in the glory? Did he give you any direction? Moses got in the glory. Why don't we talk to him about getting in the glory and really worshiping God? He come down off a mountain with, ten, uh, with, a, with a 10 point outline and a message he didn't even have to write down himself. Praise God. God give it to him. And God speaks. And when we worship God, amen. And I appreciate the goose pimples. Man, I've had goose pimples big enough a little pick and suck on them. Say amen right there. Man, my hair stood up. Like old Job said, hey, brother, you can sense and know the presence of God, but when we really worship God, he has got something to say. And he will give you direction. Not only is he a great direction giver, but watch this, he's the great affection taker. Do you know that God will take all the love you will give him tonight? He will not stop you from loving him. I mean, they, you want to go to loving on God, he ain't going to put up no stop sign. They ain't going to be no red light. They ain't going to be no roadblocks on that business. He'll take all of it that you will give him. He's open things, man. He'll take your affection. But not just the fact that you love him, but the things that you love and the people you love, God will take them too. Not in a chastening way, not in a judgment way, but God will take your children if you'll give him to them. God will take your family if you'll give it to him. God will take everything you've got if you'll give it to him. Yes, sir. He said, man, Isaac was Abraham's, Abraham's love. He, he's the only acknowledged son by God of Abraham. God didn't take one of your sons. No, he didn't reference Ishmael. He referenced Isaac, amen, the son of promise. He said, I want you to take him. He's the great affection taker, but then he's the great perfection maker. This is nonetheless, to say the least, a fiery trial of Abraham. God's putting him through the fire. 
and what God's to do, and he's perfecting Abraham. And when you got your heart open to God, he will perfect you, he will mold you. That does not mean sinless perfection, that means maturity and the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God, that's what God's wanting to do. He's the begun of work and you will perform it. I tell you, God's still working on us and will make us more like Christ. And God protects us. He wants us to grow. I do not want to be the same preacher next year that I am this year. And we make statements like this. I hope I've grown. I hope I've matured. Neighbor, we don't say it with pride. We don't say it with arrogance. But if you can't see no growth in your life, ain't nobody else gonna see none. My boy, in the last year, I promise you has grown a solid foot in one year. And it's got a holler leg. Them youngins eat like a mule. Somebody say amen right there. Now he's 15 years old. If he was still in diapers and we're still toting him around, I'd be bad worried about him. <laughs> you got to grow. You got to watch sometimes that fast growth. I was amazed. And my wife said, honey, we're having twins. I said, glory to God, hallelujah. Go ahead and have them all at one time. Get it over with. Somebody help me right there. <laughs> and we had a daughter and we had another daughter coming. And, and when that, that nurse handed me the my man child from God. I said, I ain't by myself anymore. I've got a boy. If that boy would have looked at me and said, hey, dad, how you doing? <laughs> I'd, I'd have let out for Goobertown, Arkansas, and I'd have never come back, all right? They'd have to put me in the Betty Ford Clinic. What I'm saying is you got to grow at God's pace and grow in God's time, and God will perfect you. God when we worship, it involves these open things. Do you have an open heart to God? Now, God, thank God we're in New Testament. God's not going to tell you in the morning to wake up and take your son to Moriah and offer him there a burnt sacrifice. It will be like this. God would call you to preach, sir. God would send you on the mission field. God will put you to doing something. I'm talking about obeying the leadership of God and we don't need to worry about the big things, I guess, until we can deal with the small things. I sometimes feel sorry for pastors and moderators of meetings when it may come testimony time and the preacher thinks they ought to testify and he's like a pulling teeth without any, without any medicine. Novocaine and can't get nobody testifying. Well, and, and we're wondering, and, and that's all there is to following the leadership of God. It's waiting on God to tell you to testify. There's more to God's leadership than just testifying. Can I get a witness right? It hurriedly tonight. I got to get to the end. It involves open things, but then not only open things. It involves only things. Take now thy son thine. Only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. Take now thy son God, put the dagger toward his heart. Thy only son, he put it in halfway, whom thou lovest. And now Abraham's heart is pierced all the way through. And he's going to have to deal with these only things. God wants our only things. Yes, 
I only got one wife. He wants her. Now, I got three children, but let's define this. I got one boy that's 15, one girl that's 15, and one girl that's 17, so I only got one 15-year-old boy. I only got one 15-year-old girl. I only got one 17-year-old girl, so now God wants them only things. I only got one house, and now God wants that. I only got one vehicle like this, another vehicle like that. I mean, I like my shotguns and my rifles and my four-wheel drives and all that and uh, everything. And what I'm trying to get to, it ain't going to be long you get serious about worshiping God. Your only thing's going to turn into everything and you realize that God wants it all. Simply put, I only got one life to live. And God wants every bit of it. Only one life. God wants it all. So I reckon the best thing I can do or you can do is just give it all to God. My wife sent me a video clip today of our good preacher friend, Brother Stenet Blue. He's fixing the cross from this world to the next. They sent word that he's been talking to people on the other side. <laughs> now, Brother John, I don't believe that. Don't waste your time coming up to me after service telling me you don't believe that. And she sent me a clip of the last message, unless God does a miracle, of the last message the man ever preached on earth. And he's preaching on facing the end. Preparing! And if I've ever heard him preach one message, it's been give your life to God, give your heart to God, complete surrender. I mean, devoted to missions. And Preacher Moneyham, here he is on his deathbed, and while he was preaching, he made the statement, I want to be able to get to the end of this thing, knowing I'd done everything I could for the cause of Christ, knowing that I'd minded God, preach what God want me to preach. I kept his stand, and neighbor, the only way to die right is to live right. The only way to die is surrendered and in the will of God is to live in the will of God. And God wants our lives. If it's up to me, I wouldn't be where I'm at tonight. I mean, I'd rather be serving God. I'd rather be preaching. But if I was a young man, could have had my way and picked my own way, I wouldn't have been a preacher. I wouldn't have been out of this tabernacle tonight. I'd have done been a millionaire by now, living it up, bass fishing on a lake somewheres. But no, I stand before you. Not perfect by any means but more determined tonight to give my whole life to God. That's all that matters. Nothing else matters. Young people, you got plans, you got ideals, you got dreams. Why don't you junk them all and give your life to God? Let God pick your husband out. Let God pick your wife out. Let God pick your job out. Give God your life and he'll take care of everything else. Neighbor, if you'll take care of God's business, he'll take care of every bit of your business. Hey, man, I, I'm living proof. I testify. Man, I got sick of this. When I, when I got saved and God called me to preach, everywhere I went, I came out of the gate preaching meetings. I wasn't preaching every week. God opened up a lot of doors everywhere I went. Hey, Brother John, let me introduce you to this young lady. <laughs> now she's purdy and all that and everything. And I want to introduce you to her. Okay, you know, I finally got sick of it. Now I ain't gonna do it. Don't enter it, man. And and these guys trying to be super spiritual, 
Now, I, I agree with you, okay? I, I say amen, but let me disagree without disagreeing, okay? These guys say, now you need to pray for a woman. Pray for it. Don't matter what she looks like. Man, I used to go out there and pray, and I'd say, God, I don't care what she looks like. As long as she's saved, loves God. And then I'd have to repent for lying to God. <laughs> Lord, it does matter what she looks like. You think I was going to marry somebody so ugly she would have made a freight train take a dirt road? You have got to be crazy. I mean, this thing of marriage is a long haul, buddy. We didn't get in to get out. And I'd pray and ask God, oh, God, help me. And finally, I give up. And I said, Lord, if you send somebody saved, separated, and purdy, I'd be much obliged. And God answered my prayer. When I quit worrying about it, when I quit looking, and I just made my mind up, Lord, I'm going to preach. If I never get married, it don't matter to me. I, I'll be another person ready. If you'll let me be, I'll just stay single, devote my whole life to God. And when I just gave it all to God and gave my life to God, God put the right woman in my life. He'll do the same for you, young person. Some of you girls, can I preach to you? Just I, I can't have young people without preaching to them. I'm going to tell you, you think you're an old maid if you ain't got a boyfriend by the time you're 15 years old. You ought to still be playing with baby dolls and be a little girl and quit trying to grow up too fast. Somebody say amen right there. I told y'all y'all give me the amen of myself. We'll be a long time tonight. Everybody, you want to just give your life to God and let him send you who you need. A little side note. Calvary, Genesis 22, Calvary. Verses 1 through 14, our text. You find no mention, no picture, no type. No shadow of a bride for Isaac in the practical sense. But in the same chapter, you go on down a few verses past our text, and you'll find a young lady's name by the name of Rebecca, who Isaac was going to marry. Isaac didn't know that ram was waiting on him. I'm getting ahead of myself. And he didn't know Rebecca was waiting on him. Somebody, I'm talking about give your life to God. He wants him only things. He wants your only life. He wants your only love. We've mentioned that. He wants to be our only leadership. He wants him only things. This, this worship involves the open things, the only things. But then next to that, it involves them offered things. Offered. You ain't going to worship God without giving something. I, I ask us again tonight, are we really worshiping God? It involves them offer things. It's, a, it's, a, it's an offer of the son, of course, an offering of the substitute, of course. But I guess tonight, in the practical sense, Abraham had to offer himself. How, how would you like to have been in Abraham's shoes? Sir, you love your youngins? Would it not rip your heart out if God was to speak to you in this sense? Thus we come to Abraham's secret burden. Why, he couldn't tell Sarah what God told him. <laughs> I'm from North Carolina. I got tar on my heels. 
you have guitar on your heels, it don't come off. Can I get a witness right there? I said that because I can say it with authority. I know North Carolina women. I know you mountain women. And if your husband would come by your kitchen one morning after breakfast and say, hey, God wants me to take a trip, kill our youngin' and burn him up. Offer him a sacrifice. Well, you throw your hands on your hips so fast, everybody's head is spinning. You ain't taking my youngin' nowhere. He couldn't tell Sarah. He couldn't tell Isaac. Don't get quiet right there. Y'all know it's the truth. He couldn't tell I, he couldn't tell them young men. He couldn't he couldn't say, now boys, y'all pray for me. I gotta take him over here, and I'm gonna end up slitting his throat and setting him on fire. I mean he could it was a secret burden. I tell you that's what part of real worship is. Is them burdens that you can't tell nobody else about. I mean, go ahead. Hey, preacher, go ahead and try to get your wife to understand the load you carry as a man of God. I'm not belittling you preachers' wives. Y'all are such a blessing. What a what what a what a what a what a great honor it is. God lets you be married to, but they're gonna be burdens he's carrying. He can't tell nobody else about. And Abraham's got this burden. But in worship, he's able to unload that burden of secrecy off of himself onto God. But what happened? Before Abraham ever got on top of that mountain, before he ever had that altar built, before he ever had that knife in his hand, before he ever had that boy on that altar, before he ever had him bound up, he had already sacrificed himself. He had already said, all right, Lord. And you know what Abraham had to do? He had to die to his feelings. I don't feel like doing this. No matter whether we feel like it or not, it's the will of God. I'm sure if you'd ask David, David, do you feel like finishing this walk to the top of this hill? Absolutely not. Ask Abraham, do you feel like taking this three-day trip, going to Moriah and doing this? No! But it must be done. He had to offer himself. Then they offered to substitute. Thank God I'd love to take a moment and preach on the blood of Jesus right here but I, I just really feel God wants me to stay as practical as I possibly can and our subject tonight on are we really worshiping God, worshiping at Calvary, worshiping him with your family this is a family altar scene in the Bible and one of the greatest gifts that you will ever give your children sir is a consistent family altar is a consistent getting your wife and your children by the hand, sitting in the living room with your Bible in your hand. You ain't got to read them a commentary. You ain't got to have four points and a title and an outline and an illustration and a poem. If all you got is two or three verses, that's enough. Read a verse or two out of the Psalms. Read something. Get on your knees and pray together as a family. Bear ye one another's burdens as a family. And here we have a family worship service going on to say the least. And and another side note, the Bible said that Abraham had fire in one hand and a knife in the other. Where in the world did he get that fire at? He's worshiping God. He's fixing to set fire to an altar and a ram that God 
accepts with the fire that Abraham uses. Where do you reckon he got it at? He got it at home. They didn't have lighters. They didn't have matches. They had special vessels that they would take coals and put them in them vessels and it would let it breathe just enough to keep it from going out and they were thick enough that it wouldn't get so hot that whoever was carrying it, that it would burn them. And when they would get to where they were going, they would take those coals out of that vessel and they'd put some kindling on it and they'd start the fire back up. Abraham brought fire from home. You know what he did? He was keeping the home fires burning on the family altar and the reason our church service are so dead is cause the fires ain't burning at home and they're not going to burn at church you can't live like a dog all week and come to the house of God and expect God to show up you can't chew your wife and your husband out all the time and not have no fire at home and expect it to burn at church and while Abraham was on Moriah worshiping God with fire he got from home. Guess what Sarah was doing? She was at home keeping that real home fire going. There's these offered things. Offered himself, he offered his son. Offered the substitute. But then, lastly, and I'm done tonight, it involves odd things. <laughs> This has got to be, now, now just stay with me. This has got to be one of the oddest scenes in the Bible. <laughs> I mean, what would you do if, if in the morning I got up and I said, okay, JP, Bubba, John, just pick one, he'll, he'll come. I'm going to take it take you on mountain. I'm going to slit your throat and we're going to set you on fire. I'm going to offer you a burnt sacrifice to God. <laughs> if you caught wind of that, would you, would you at least try to call me or would you might think you'd drive up to up a mountain and say, John, wait a minute, think about this. Would you? I'd do it to you. It's got to be one of the oddest scenes in the Bible. I mean, it was odd to the flesh. <laughs> it's spiritual business. It ain't fleshly business and I think God wanted Abraham and I don't know of any other man who wanted Abraham to experience what he was going to have to experience when his son died on the cross the fellowship of his sufferings odd to the flesh and all that but it was it was it was odd and I'm done tonight because it was faith. Every bit of it was 100% faith. Faith is not a blind leap in the dark. Faith isn't trying something and seeing if it's going to work. I mean, I mean, we, us rednecks, we, we're good at it. <laughs> well, stand back. Let's see how this works. And if it don't work, we'll try to fix it up some other way. <laughs> me and Matthew out there cutting them big old trees sometimes I don't know if this is going to work or not well it's going to have to because I'm fixing to cut it get out of the way <laughs> oh no I mean it's, it's, it's faith you got to accept God's word by faith faith 
faith is stepping out on God's wonderful book divine. Abraham has got what I like to call a radical faith. You read Tozer's book on the radical cross. That is one more. And in that book, Preacher Moneyham, he's got a whole chapter and the title of it is The Saint Must Walk Alone. And a lot of times, this business of worshiping God, it's going to be just you and Him. Just you and Him. Nobody else looking on. There wasn't a quartet singing here. There wasn't a choir singing here. There wasn't a camp meeting going on here. There wasn't nobody testifying here. But you know what Abraham and Isaac was doing? They was worshiping God. Radical faith. Tell you how radical Abraham was. He, one day God told him to leave the Earl of the Chaldees, the land of his nativity. Gets up and tells everybody, God's talking to me, goodbye. See you later. Radical faith would bring him to Mount Moriah, on and on. It was a, it was a, it was a just, just an amazing, an amazing feat, but it was a resurrecting faith. He knew what he, God told him to do, Sister Kim, if you want to come play us something, if you don't mind. He knew what God told him to do. But before he ever got to that mountain, he said, I'm allowed to go yonder and worship, and we'll come again unto you. And he wasn't talking about going back by himself. Abraham had done received the promise of God. Abraham received the promise of that seed I mean, he's going to be the father of a nation and that seed's going through Isaac. Isaac hadn't had any children yet, so he knew that if he went through it, that God would take that pile of ashes that was left over and put Isaac back together again. Abraham had a resurrecting faith, faith that God was able to resurrect his boy from the dead. And tonight as we stand all over the building,